LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna. And I'm Madeline Galea. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry each week. The One Thing's brought to you thanks to Reach Australia. We want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches across Australia. Over the past 10 years, we've helped plant 100 churches and we're aiming for 200 more by 2030. And the vision has expanded. We want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches across Australia. Over the next 45, oh, sorry, over the next five years, we want to see 500 leaders strengthened. Uh, and so many more over the next 45 years. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Tensions in the Burnout Discussion. Hey, Derek, so you've already done two episodes speaking about burnout. Yeah, I have. You'd think that would be enough, wouldn't you? You'd think that would no, no. be enough. And we've Just had an expert more. on the last, we've had uh, the, an episode, uh, expert on the last couple of them. And now we've uh, just got me. Um, but yeah, look, this is this is a massive issue. This is taking a slight turn from where we've uh, we've heard Jono very insightfully talk about what burnout looks like, what it is, and what it isn't as well. Um, and burnout is a massive problem in in church leaders. COVID has added pressure to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Leaders are feeling that. And look, certainly the people who are in Sydney and the Greater Sydney area are really feeling it once again. And people in, in Melbourne who've experienced it, I'm in Brisbane, we've been locked down for about eight days and that's enough for me. Um, but it, it is having a significant impact on on leaders and people across the country. And it's not as, as simple as um, uh, just dig deep, uh, stiff up a lip. It's not that mm. kind of thing. Uh, we need to be uh, more thoughtful about how we approach this topic of burnout. And there are, um, there's lots of areas that we need to probe and explore and tensions we need to hold, which is what we're going to talk about in this episode. It's a big topic and we're doing it in 15 minutes here. So we're only going to scratch the surface on a couple of things, but we're just going to discuss two of those tensions today. Mm. And so you are the expert for today. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to use the word expert. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to let you use the word expert about me. Um, no, and part of talking about this, uh, for me, is this this is not a theoretical um, idea for me. This is not something that happens to other people or I observe in other people. Um, this is something which which I've gone through. Now everyone goes mm-hmm. through burnout differently. Everyone experiences it differently. Um, but part of my uh, pushing into this is to say we we do need to grapple with it, and it is personal for me um, mm-hmm. because both because I see my friends who are leaders struggling with it, um, but because I know what it feels like to struggle with it. Um, I, uh, years ago when I was um, uh, a number of years after I planted, I got to this point where I just, I kept realizing I wasn't process, processing stuff well. I wasn't mm-hmm. uh, making decisions in the way which I felt like I would normally make decisions. In fact, there was this cynicism that had creeped into uh, my life and my ministry. Uh, every little road bump felt like a mountain. Every little piece of critique felt like the world was falling in. Everything became personal, even when it wasn't really about me, but it all became personal. And there was a, a loss of vision. I think John and I spoke about that in the last couple of episodes. A loss of drive as well in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've often likened it. 
uh, those kind of 18 months, two years to uh, driving without tires. Uh, that's what it was like. You just, you know, going down the road, oh. just on the metal rims, sparks flying and not being able to control where you're going. So you can still move, but yeah. you're just kind of swerving here and there. Um, so I could function, but behind closed doors, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't doing well, even though from an outside observer, it might look like things were just as they had always been. But mm. I knew it wasn't like that. Uh, my wife, Jacqueline, knew it wasn't like that. My kids certainly experienced it um, mm. as well. Uh, and my close friends uh, knew about it as well. But everyone else thought, yeah, Derek's just doing what he's always doing. He's just a little bit more grumpy, <laughs> a little bit more tired. Um, and, and that was dangerous because I just kept thinking, I just got to hang in there. I just mm. got to keep going. I just got to work harder. And that was absolutely the wrong response at that point. Yeah. Hmm, well, thanks for sharing and keen to... Yeah, I mean, keen to hear more of your insights as we push into these two tensions. Uh, so tension one that we have is balancing the external and internal realities. Uh, so just going to share a quote, part of uh, it's page 15, if you want to know, from Going the Distance. Uh, there is a worldly and self-centered mindset that we Christians easily imbibe that asks, what can we get from this church? Rather than the more Christ-like, what can we put into our church? Pastors can feel this by succumbing to the unhealthy numbers game. Closely related to this pressure are the expectations conveyed to pastors by some church growth literature, concepts and speakers. In my own experience, there have been times when rather than encouraging me to listen and then distill insights, church growth speakers have driven me to a sense of despair and unhelpful self-deprecation. Ooh, mm. thoughts? Mm. Uh, it's a great book. It's Peter Brain's book, Going the Distance. It's a great book. I'm not sure, actually, I'm on board with everything uh, in this quote here. Um, mm. uh, and it may be I, I need to read the whole thing, go back and read the whole thing in context as well. But for me, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that burnout is directly connected to church growth theory. Um, and and yeah, I, I, I think that I'm sure there can be. I haven't heard many speakers from the platform ever um, push me to say, uh, push me to feel if your church isn't growing, or say it as crudely as this: if your church is not growing, uh, mm. uh, then uh, you're not doing your job right. I don't, mm. I don't think people are as crude as that. Now, I think sometimes people hear that, but I'm not sure. At least in the circles I mix in, people say that as explicitly. In fact, um, I, I think they're often quite nuanced. Now, that's not to say that if things aren't going well at my church. It doesn't have to do some often with me because I think often it does. Um, mm. But that's a slightly different thing to saying burnout is directly connected to a church not growing. Um, I, I'm not sure I'd want to connect those two. I don't. That hasn't been my experience. It might be some people's experience, but mm. that hasn't been mine. Um, most often, for me, uh, burnout comes from an, a mix of external factors, which might be church growing or not growing. Um, mm. But it's the mix of external factors mixed with internal motives, internal heart issues. It's those two things combined, um, at least in my reflection of my own experience, that, and talking to other people as well, uh, that leads people down a path to burn it. External factors mixed with internal motives mm. and heart issues. In your experience, is... Uh external internal is one more likely to lead to burnout 
you know, more quickly, whether external, I've got five pastoral, like significant pastoral issues happening every week, or I mean, it's one weighted more heavily than the other, the internal, I feel inadequate, I feel like I'm failing, Um, church numbers aren't growing, that's a reflection of me, that kind of that real internal battle that I'm sure everyone would have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It's a good question. Um, I there are always external factors in ministry, and there are seasons in ministry where those external factors and the things that are hard in church grow significantly. They just pile up for some reason. They all converge on one season of life. Mm. And I know for planters as well, in that kind of two to three year period after you plant, often they pile up. Then people see in plants. People seem to be able to hold hold things together for a couple of years, and so things seem normal. And the, the early days of planting, you think, um, this is the perfect church. I don't know why no one else has cracked this before. I've done it. <laughs> Everyone, there's no real pastoral problems, or there's little small ones. We can all manage it together. Things mm. are going perfectly. After a little while, um, things do start to emerge, both with my leadership and people in church, and that's just what it looks like to be in community. Um, mm. And so often with plants, it's that two or three-year period where things start to pile up. But even in established church, it's exactly the same. There's just seasons where things do pile up. So external factors is, uh, the number of external factors can be key. But, and and here's where I'd want to land on this one, external and internal. I'd want to say uh, the external factors can nearly always be managed if the internal motives and the heart issues Uh, are in a healthy place and are being addressed. If my Mm -hmm. internal convictions and understanding are aligned with who I am in Christ, why I'm in this, who I am in the scope of church, if those things, I have clarity on those things and I'm seeing those things nurtured, not just me Mm -hmm. preaching the gospel to myself, which I need to do, but me having those things that Jono mentioned last couple of episodes as well, the connection, my connection to God, my relationship with him, my connection to other people as well? Am I being um, uh, nurtured and connected and loved by the people around me and having words spoken into about all these things, them preaching the gospel to me? Um, Mm. If I'm having that connection, it helps those internal motivations uh, and those heart issues be addressed and reinforced, which then helps me to cope when inevitably those seasons of ministry pile up with the issues. I'm not mm. saying it can't get overwhelming, but I think when when we were when we were talking about this earlier, one of the things that um, uh, I was reflecting on, and we we're reflecting on together, which I think was was helpful to think. It, there's there are moments when those things pile up in ministry, and you think this is just too much, mm. um, and there's no doubt that you're going to get to those points. But it's interesting at at, uh, um, at different points in ministry. You can handle the same amount of issues going on in your church if internally the emotional tank, the connectedness, um, the convictions are clear for you. Mm-hmm. So two different points, same amount of issues going on externally. Um, if the heart is uh, is strong and well and convicted about why you're doing this, the external factors can often be managed or mm-hmm. can't be managed depending on how internally you're going. And you had this phrase um, earlier when we spoke of yeah needing the time to unpick my motives and to mm. be able to work through it. Did you want to say anything mm. on that? Yeah, yeah. Did I say that? Gee, that sounds yeah. Really <laughs> You're me. profound. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not fair. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think you do. And this is why it's, it is time for you to pull back and reflect on what's happening. Why did I react that way to that mm. person when that person said, what's happening in my heart that Monday morning I'm so quick to look at the numbers from Sunday? Um, why is it that uh, I'm feeling every little road bump as a mountain? Mm. And how do I unpick that? Now, I can do that myself, yes, but this is also why being connected to other people is so important because they will help you do that as well. They'll help you unpick your motives. And um, I, I've said before that uh, I wish I had a coach when I planted because the, the amazing thing that coaches do, a good coach will push into these things. And so they'll say things to your points like um, when you share something, they, a good coach will say, well, that was a stupid thing to do. What would you do different, <laughs> differently next time? Or they'll say, no, that's okay. That always happens. That's yeah. absolutely normal helping you reflect and unpick on that stuff. So you need to be aware of these things. And mm. it's not only self-awareness, although that it begins with that. It's also helping other people, helping you be self-aware. So to see where the hard issues is, see where the internal motiv- motivations is. And it's that question, John, I pushed into it previously. How do I find that support? Have I, have I cut off all avenues for connection and refreshment and feeling the emotional tank and people speaking hard words into me when I'm uh, reacting badly, uh, when I'm cynical about these things and I'm walking down a road that's going to end badly? Mm-hmm. Am I going on that road alone and I've cut off all chance of support? That's the point I think that burnout really sets in, in that isolation. Yeah. No, no, that's helpful. Um, just on tension one, is there anything else you want to reflect on? No, I, I don't think so. Oh, well, we, the only other thing that, that I was reflecting on as well in this, there's that saying, the, the, the work like an Armenian and sleep like a Calvinist Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, we, again, we had that conversation beforehand, um, which is bandied a, around a little bit. Um, that saying, there's some good in that saying, I'm sure. Um but theologically, it drives me absolutely bananas. Um, absolutely, I, I I think it's unbiblical because um, I'm I'm I suppose people would label me, label me as a Calvinist, um, but actually, and I know I said this before, and and I sounded pompous when I said it, but I'm not trying to be pompous. I'm just trying to say, actually, I, I want to reflect what the Bible says, not necessarily what Calvin says. The fact that I think Calvin reflects nearly all the time what the Bible <laughs> says is good and right and proper. But actually, I think the Bible is saying God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And we'll push into this in the next round. God is sovereign. And that doesn't push me to laziness. It actually pushes me towards saying, how best do I serve a sovereign God, given the responsibility I also clearly see? And Mm. so within this this first section of external and internal realities, it's balancing, you know, the external reality is God is sovereign and in control. Um, And yet, actually, I'm responsible in this as well. So just trying to work out, the answer to burnout is not just saying, um, I'll just do these couple of things, preach the gospel, pray, and God will take care of the rest. No, no, there is more to it than that. But I Mm. need to understand that more to it, that section there, in light of who I am in Christ and what God is calling me to be, and who it is I am in the scheme of his mission, which we're going to push into now, I think. This is a long episode of The One Thing. We're going to continue this episode about tensions in burnout next time.